The Bull Radio Football Show. We will be thinking about over the next couple of hours and maybe giving you an answer to them and getting your views on, on them as well. Get involved on the Goat Radio Football Show. It's another VIP guest list again tonight. Talking of Celtic, uh, legendary former striker John Hartson will be with us later in the programme. Uh, we'll have Craig Levine, the former Scotland manager. He'll be talking to us quite soon. And uh, one of the names in the Scotland squad that was announced yesterday, we spoke to Robbie McCrory last night, the Livingston goalkeeper on loan from Rangers um, Dundee United striker Lauren Shankland will be joining us uh, later on in the show as well so 0808 17 17 700 is the telephone number for you to join us you can text go on your message to 87474 74 on the socials at go football show Rob McLean Ali Defoy and Barry Ferguson in the studio uh, you weren't with us last night Barry when the squad was announced so it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on uh, on the squad that Stevie Clark named yesterday it's Scotland Israel that's the first game a week on Friday followed by the Czech Republic away Friday and Monday uh, those games are long international weekend the squad David Marshall Robbie McCrory John McLaughlin Liam Cooper Declan Gallagher Scott McKenna Stephen O'Donnell Liam Palmer Andy Robertson Greg Taylor Kieran Tierney Stuart Armstrong Ryan Christie John Fleck Ryan Jack John McGinn Callum McGregor Kenny McLean Scott McTominay Ollie Burke Lyndon Dykes James Forrest Ollie McBurney and the man who's joining us later on in the show Lauren Shankland how does that sound to you? A very good squad Rob, if I'm being honest, I, I'm actually excited. Um, I think there's a lot of quality in there. Um, and it's going to be interesting for me. We've got two top players in Andy Robertson and, and Kieran Tierney. And it's where the, the manager's um, going to play them. Is he going to go to a, a different formation? Because for me, he has to play both of them. As I says, both of them are serial winners um, and seriously top players. Right, I'm going to get you to name your team a little bit later on. But <laughs> Here we <let> go. <laughs> put you under pressure right from the start. But let's get to that big game tonight uh, in the east end of Glasgow. Celtic uh, against Ferenc Varos, back-to-back title winners in Hungary. Uh, they are the opposition in tonight's uh, second round of qualifiers. And uh, we have a Hungarian football expert with us on the show. Pleased to welcome Kevin McCluskey. Hi, Kevin. Hi Rob, how are you? Very well, thanks. You're based in Budapest, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct, yes. So tell me first how that all, how that all came about, because it's a nice place to be, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is a nice place to be, Rob, yeah. It's uh, lovely here. Um, yeah, we moved to here about three and a half years ago, and the reason for our move is my wife's Hungarian. So she'd put up with ten years of no summer in Scotland, and it was about time she came back home to experience a summer. And do you, do you get a summer in Budapest? <laughs> We certainly do, from about March until October. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. So it's, uh, it's a very nice place to be. I think we might be joining you there shortly as well, but the sounds of that, the summer <laughs> lasts that yeah. long. Um, what about the opposition for Celtic tonight? Because it's at that stage of the season where, of course, we know the name Ferenc Varos, a very famous uh, name um, in Hungarian football, in European football, going going back over the over the years. But how strong are they now? What are the expectations against Celtic? Uh, yeah, they're a, they're a side that's on the way back, to be honest with you. They'd had a few years where they were kind of underachieving uh, domestically and especially in Europe. But in the last couple of seasons with Sergei Rebrov coming in as manager, 
Uh, they've really improved a lot. Uh, they're a very well organised, a stubborn team to break down. They dominate in, in Hungary. They are kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the league here. Um, and going into today's game, they've got quite a, quite a lot of confidence actually that they could make a result. How was the game last week? Of course, say uh, Ferenc Varos beat Djurgaard and the Swedish champions to get to this stage. Um, how how smooth or otherwise was that one? It was very smooth for them. Uh, surprisingly smooth, to be honest. Djurgaardens uh, were very disappointing. They, they offered very little. Um, and Ferenc Varos were very comfortable, dominated the game really from start to finish. Um, it was no surprise that they, they eased through. What sort of style of football does Sergei Rebrov have them playing? So normally they'll line up either it's a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 formation. As I said before, defensively they're very well organised and very stubborn. They don't give too many goals or chances away. Um, I've described them before as being kind of workmanlike or very functional from defence to midfield. But the front three or front four, depending on formation, are very lively. There's a lot of pace and creativity up front. And guys like Todd Mack McGowan, who plays on the left wing, is a, he'll be a real danger tonight, I think, for Celtic. Kevin, obviously been a one-off game. Do you think they'll come and, and have a go at Celtic? I would think they'll... Uh, but normally in domestic football, they do. They're, as I say, they're the dominant team. They take the game to the opponent. Tonight, however, I think they'll sit back a little bit more. Uh, last season, especially, Rebrov showed that he's, he's very tactically aware in the, in the big European games. So I think he'll set the team out to be as a stubborn, difficult to break down, and they'll look to try and catch Celtic on the break rather than, than taking the game to Celtic. Obviously, these games uh, at the moment are one-off rather than two legs, which means there's less of the cat and mouse going on, Kevin, and, and keeping something back for for the second leg. It's all decided tonight. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, everything depended on tonight. But uh, as I, say, I think Red Bull, he, he's, he's very aware of, uh, I think, the game kind of stifles Celtic, frustrates Celtic. Look to draw them out and then use the pace of the front three to get in behind. Some of those results last season were eyebrow-raising, weren't they? Um, Ferencvaros went to Moscow and, and beat CSKA. They went to Spain and drew with Espanyol. Um, those are highly creditable results. And I, and I guess Celtic will be reading a fair bit into those in, in terms of evaluating the quality of the opponent tonight. Yeah, I think so. I think Celtic's got to look at those results and take them on board. There's actually been quite a, an improvement in Hungarian football overall in the last couple of years in Europe. Because the, the previous season we had Mol Fehervar or Mol Videoton as they were known then, uh, giving Chelsea two good games. And yeah, last season, Dennis Varos stepped it up again. And very unlucky that they didn't manage to qualify for the, the knockout stages in the Europa League. Um, and they'll, they'll give anyone difficult game on the day You don't like Scottish summers but do, do you keep tabs on Scottish football? Yes of course yeah um, yeah keep in touch with the game every week So you, so, you, so you know what's happening with Celtic at the moment you know about the disruption they've had obviously in, in terms of their start to the season but would you be expecting um, Celtic to come through this tonight? Yeah, I would. I would put Celtic as favourites for the game, but I think it will be very close. 
Um, I think man for man, Celtic has the better team. I think Celtic's approach of, of being the more sort of forward-minded side should benefit them today. Um, and yeah, I think I think they've got the, the determination, the grit to get through. But um, it's going to be a difficult game. Will you be able to watch it at home in Budapest tonight? Will you have a means of seeing pictures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. The the um, state broadcaster M4 Sport will be showing this game live, so it'll be beamed across the nation. And your prediction then, scoreline wise, that we'll be able to throw back at you on the back uh, once we know. <laughs> yeah, that sixty-four thousand dollar question, the one that will ruin my reputation. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, as I say, I think it will be a close game. I I think Celtic will come out on top, and I would go for two nothing or two one. We we will. I don't know. I was going to say I don't know if you might be able to answer a question from me, Rob. Uh-huh. I'll I've try. I've heard that um, I've heard that Edward might be out. Well, that's a very good question, and uh, I don't know the answer to it, and that's news to me actually. But um, that, if that is a if that is a rumour that's going around, that will be interesting. I mean, Celtic have obviously signed Albion Ayeti, who scored um, at Tannadice at the weekend, his first Celtic goal. So at least they have him yep. on board. But uh, Odson Edouard, obviously, Barry uh, would be a, a massive miss if he's not playing tonight. Well, of course, I've said it many a times. Edwards, the the main focal point of that Celtic team, a, a team without. Edward in it are going to be worse off Rob so if he is missing I think Neil Lennon um, will be disappointed but I still do think Celtic have enough um, in their squad they have got a squad full of quality players um, I know it's going to be a difficult game tonight it might help the Hungarian champions coming to Celtic Park without a crowd but if you're asking my honest opinion I, I do think Celtic have got too much quality and I think they'll get through I think you did better asking my, answering my questions than I did answering yours, Kevin, but <laughs> thank, thanks for throwing that one at me anyway. And uh, good to talk to you. Hope, hopefully you enjoy the game today and hopefully we speak to you again sometime down the line. Yeah, excellent, Rob. That'd be great. Thank you very much for having me on. Kevin McCluskey, a journalist on the line there from Budapest, giving us, uh, telling us a lot more than we knew already about Celtic's opponents tonight. Ferran Chavaros, Neil Lennon will know plenty about the opposition. There will have been lots of uh, homework done, lots of videos examined and all the rest of it. And here's his thought on Ferran Chavaros tonight. Physically, athletically, tactically, quality-wise, you know, Ferran Chavaros are a, a big step up. And, you know, looking at the Europa League results last season... They never lost a game away from home in the group to Espanyol, Ludogret, CSK, Moscow. So they know how to travel. It's going to be a difficult day. Yeah, he's done his research. He knows all about those results from last season and what they mean and uh, the quality that Celtic uh, are up against here tonight in the second uh, qualifying round Champions League. What about midfielder Callum McGregor? What's his take on the opponents tonight? Like you said, we're aware of you know where the standard is and, and how good the competition can be for us, and and that's ultimately where we want to be. But you know we've got to do these these qualifying games, and, and like I said, there's there's no way we're we're underestimating this team. You know they know they've come, they'll fancy their chances, and it's about us. You know um, going into the game with a positive attitude and and working hard and, and earning the right to win the game. It does make you think, Barry, doesn't it? In terms of uh, those results, winning in Moscow last season, uh, drawing at. Espanol it marks them down as a, as a quality team Sergei Rebrov is a is a Ukrainian legend the coach yep you obviously heard Neil Lennon just speaking there um, he's obviously had them watched a number of times after that Dundee United game at the weekend they'd have uh, done a lot of video sessions on them 
some great results Rob it's uh, decent teams CSK Moscow um, Espanol getting a getting a draw over there so they're, they're definitely a step up for Reykjavik um, that, that, that's for sure um, but I still believe if Celtic do turn up they'll be too strong for them We'll get that team news to you as soon as we get it that's a, an interesting piece of speculation all the way from Budapest that uh, Odds and Edward might not be featuring tonight so we will check that one out and uh, get back to you on that one uh, a big debate that always goes on uh, among the fans among the Celtic fans at the moment is Europe versus winning title number 10 um, what is the priority and well Neil Lennon's in no doubt about it probably second you know behind obviously the priorities on in the league so it's really important to us and you know I think it's something that the players really want to try and negotiate as well it's an interesting conversation that one isn't it um, because obviously you're making history mm-hmm. uh, potentially by winning a 10th straight title but the club's reputation on a much broader scale is defined by what happens in European football yeah but I get where Neil's coming from it's your bread and butter Rob um, you've got to win the league um, but I think the expectations at, at Celtic are to get into the group stages of the Champions League um, in terms of financially it helps a lot but first and foremost I think if you ask anybody connected to Celtic it's the league um, and it's the same across the road at, at Rangers that's when we were playing that's something that got drilled into us um, cup competitions great Europe's great but it's all about winning your domestic title but you look back to last season and some fantastic results both for Rangers and Celtic in Mm. Europe last season but we're talking Celtic at the moment um, beating Lazio home and away and maybe being disappointed in the end to go out to Copenhagen Um, you did feel at that point that Celtic could go really deep into the competition Uh, so well were they playing at that stage and they'll be keen to to not just replicate that this season but, but, but go beyond yeah, as I, as I said, Rob, I think they've got to get into the uh, the group stage. That's um, that's um, obviously something that they'll, they'll be keen on doing. As you mentioned there, last year, some great results in Europe. Lazio, um, fantastic team. I thought they were under the caution at times in the game away from home, but they had the quality to win that game. I was pretty much surprised they went out against Copenhagen. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, the main thing is it's winning your, your domestic title. A run in Europe's great, but I think for Celtic, it's getting that 10 in a row. There's news with us uh, tonight that uh, Celtic's bid to use their match against Motherwell at the weekend as a test event for fans returning to football stadia has been rejected by the Scottish government. Uh, uh, Celtic were keen to welcome back up to a 1,000 supporters for their home game uh, at the weekend but after talks between club and the government the plan has been rebuffed the Scottish government spokesman said a lot of work's gone behind the scenes uh, during these past months to create the protocols and testing regimes to allow top level professional sport in Scotland to resume without putting the public or others at unnecessary risk we recognise there's disappointment that the proposal for a pilot on 30th of August has not been approved but we're looking for suitable alternative dates for football pilots 
they say we need to allow sufficient time for any test events to be informed by learning from other events, in particular uh, the rugby match upcoming at Murrayfield on 28th of August. So th- there's been a lot of talk about that, that the fact that the, there are going to be some fans allowed into that rugby match um, which is just a couple of days away, uh, but not the, the, the football match. But I, I guess you have to go with the authorities. Yeah, you, you've got it. It's disappointing. Listen, we all want fans in, Rob. I, I think football, uh, the fans, sorry, make make the football matches. Um, they create great atmospheres in the ground. But listen, we've got to go with the, the government guidelines. Um, this is a, a serious virus that's that's been sweeping the world. Um, disappointing, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks we will see... Um, a small number of fans been allowed to enter the grounds. And it's interesting that uh, Ross County uh, have now proposed that their global energy stadium in Dingwall uh, be used as a test venue. The club has said today in a statement, there's no doubt that given our club's ability to react to the pandemic in the beginning and the diligent and extensive work carried out by our operational team that we feel we have a group of staff with the capability to deliver a return for fans to our stadium in a safe and secure environment it's interesting they're a, they're a wee team Ross County but they're, they're not slow in terms of moving forward they were one of the first I think along with Celtic to get the all the testing machinery uh, to ensure that, that, they, that they could be testing regularly and here they are possibly becoming a, a test venue in terms of getting fans inside the ground as well yeah it's great um, and I'd seen once um, they had got all the, the testing equipment in they were willing to allow um, not just professional clubs but um, amateur teams, junior teams, all around about the the surrounding area to come in and, and use the facility. It's fantastic to see, Rob. It's great that clubs are, are willing to, to help out and hopefully at some stage soon we'll get the fans back. And news as well, Barry, a date for the, the first Old Firm match of the mm-hmm. season. It's Saturday the 17th of October. Um, it's not far away when you think about it. 12.30 kick-off Celtic Park, Celtic against Rangers. Um, how do you feel about that one? Excited. Um, there's still a lot of football to be played um, before. Um, I think. What date did you say there? The seventeenth of October. Team. So yeah. there's there's still a good six seven weeks away. But listen, that's one the fans would have been excited to see come out. Um, and as I said, there's still a lot lot of points to to be played for. Um, but the old firm, the first old firm game of the season, that's the game that all supporters want to sit down all over the world and watch. Some great guests on the Go Radio Football show tonight. Lauren Shankland later in the Scotland squad, of course. Dundee United striker. John Hartson, a Celtic legend, is coming your way. So questions for all of the above and for the former Scotland manager, Craig Levine. He's up next. The Go Radio Football Show. Yes, two hours of football chat, five till seven, Monday to Friday. And this is Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. And we've got some great guests lined up for you tonight. Uh, Scotland striker Lauren Shankland will be with us later. We'll find out about he's fa- how he's faring in his return from injury. Uh, Celtic legend John Hartson with us later as well on the night that Celtic look to clear another hurdle in those Champions League qualifiers. But right now, let's talk to Craig Levine, the former Hearts, Leicester, Dundee United, Scotland manager. Craig, how are you doing? Very well, Rob. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. We were just just before the break. We were we were speaking about Ferenc Varos, obviously, 
um, who are Celtic's opponents tonight. I remember a, a, a Ferencvaros game against Hearts at Murrayfield in 2004. Do you remember that one when John Robertson had a, allegedly had a little kick at the, the Ferencvaros coach? Do you remember that one? Did, did you see it? It was never allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> was it much of a kick? <laughs> I wasn't there. I, had, uh, I mean, that was the... the I'd just left and Robbo took over and that was the first European game, uh, I think, after... After I left, but was it was it not Shabba Laszlo? It was. Coach? It was Shabba yeah, Laszlo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. Bobo doesn't really like to talk about it though. <laughs> does he? Does he prefer to regale you with his seventeen hundred goals for Hearts? <laughs> Just the ones against Hibs, as, as always. How are things with you at the moment, Craig? Um, looking to get back into football? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I've actually, in some ways, I've quite enjoyed the um, time off. I've uh, been doing a bit of walking the dogs and cycling and generally just chilling out. So um, I'm getting to the point where it's getting a bit boring. So it would be nice to get back in fairly soon. You can walk, you can walk the dog too much, can't you, really? Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. There's only so many times you can walk the dog and go on your bike, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, says it gets a little bit monotonous uh, at times. But it's good to see the sort of Premier League back playing and Hopefully everybody else can get back soon. Craig, it's Barry here. How are you doing? Hello, Barry. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, were you disappointed? Me, I'm just in here with Rob, obviously, <laughs> doing, doing the, the radio. Up to no good. We started back last night. Um, right. Got the boys back in training last night. It was a bit of a wild night, as you know, up at in Fife, sorry. So. Oh, you're up on the hill there as well at oh, uh, Kelty, aren't you? I don't think I've been to Kelty. Um, where it's not been raining or windy or, or some sort. But no, it's good up there. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Just yeah, want to ask you a quick yeah. question. Have you been disappointed with, with some of the criticism you received Well, you were the manager? Because personally, I thought some of it was, was over the top. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when, you, when you're in a position of one of the Premier League managers, you're open to criticism. Hearts are a big club, and if you if the club is not performing, no matter what the the reasons are, if the club is not performing at the level that people expect, then there's always going to be criticism. Whether whether it was over the top or not is almost irrelevant. Uh, you know, I mean, there's some people probably did go over the top, but at the end of the day, um, when you're when you're in the uh, sort of high profile job nowadays. You can't really afford to get caught up in, in worrying too much what people are saying about you, or you would drive yourself demented. There's that much, there's that that many opportunities for people to to criticise nowadays that you know I think you're best just ignoring it. Do you think is there too much negative, Craig? Well, the, the I mean, it used to be that years ago, when I, even when I manager first came around, you got criticised in the back of the paper, or maybe on a radio phone in. Um, and nowadays, I think everybody is so easy to, to to access online that you know that instant disappointment after a match. Um, there's a there's a, a a tablet that you can take that uh, gets rid of that frustration, and that tablet's you know going on your tablet and 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 having a go. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think it's just becoming part of the a part of the job. Craig, it's Ali here. There's a lot of rumours flying around about Aaron Hickey's future. What do you think he'll do? Good question. Um, I had maybe Bayern Munich or Celtic or down England 
um, and I believe Bologna were uh, yeah. interested as well. Um, what do I think he'll do? I, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, uh, when uh, I've got quite a strong opinion on these things with young players, when they make their breakthrough, and I don't, I mean, when I say breakthrough into the first team, I'm not talking about playing, you know, half a dozen to ten games. I mean, you know, racking up twenty, thirty matches. Then I believe that after that, sort of reserve team football or underage football doesn't bring the same sort of uh, get the juices flowing the same way as as, as football did when they play, were playing first team. So I feel they've got to continue to play first team football if that's possible. So my uh, thing for Alan would be to go somewhere where he has a, a good chance of being involved in and around the first team. And if not, then going out on loan and playing against men and continuing his, his development. So, you know, of the clubs who are interested, I don't know where that would, you know, where that Possible. would be. Yeah, where that's going to be the most likely. Maybe Bologna yeah. before Bayern Munich anyway, I would imagine. Um and, he, and even like and even Celtic, Craig. I mean, you know, would he, would he start? You know, with Greg Taylor in that position at the moment, if he went to Celtic, would would he start? And uh, having got games and having got into the Hearts first team, it, it's pretty important, isn't it, that he maintains that momentum? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he disappears into a reserve team or an under twenty three team for two or three years, then I would almost guarantee that his development will. Be hampered. I mean, Barry, you'll know yourself. Once you broke into the the Rangers team and played a dozen games, twenty games, you you couldn't imagine not playing first team football after that, could you? No, I, I totally agree with you, Craig. I, I'm a big believer. It certainly, I think he's just is he eighteen. Yeah, now eighteen. Yeah, I, th- 18, I think it's yeah. important guys at that age get seventy five, a hundred games under their belt because see if they're good enough in a couple of years, these clubs will, will come back calling for. For these uh, young yeah. guys with the potential, and certainly he's got the potential. But I like to see it's like Turnbull. If he moves yeah. to Celtic, is Turnbull going to play? That's, just, a, that's the same. Yep. Same question, really. Turnbull's probably got a little bit more experience yep. than, than Aaron's got, but it's a kind of similar idea. He's a, he's a young, talented player who needs the the oxygen that playing first team football gives you. I mean, what, what age were you when you went when you played first time for 18. Rangers? 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you've done that, once you've tasted it um, and you've played, you know, half a season and then most of the next season, it's unimaginable to, to go back to, you know, to reserve team football. Um, because, so, and I, and I think I feel really strongly about, about Aaron's development that way as well. I feel that he needs to choose somewhere where he is going to be playing. Now, obviously, he can't guarantee any of these clubs that he's going to play 40 games next season, but certainly be looking to play 15 to 20 starts um, if he can manage that somewhere and to come on in some games that would still allow him to develop at a good rate Yeah, my, my, own, my other worry is I hope these young players are getting the right advice whether it's from advisors or, or obviously parents and because um, yeah. a lot of them a lot of them do maybe get offered a bigger contract more money for them but I, I like to see the young guys go and play and get the experience, um, and he's got a better chance of doing that at Hearts. Whether he goes and signs with somebody and they loan him back to Hearts, maybe that's a an option. But yeah. I think it's important that the young man yeah. plays week in, week out. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, his agent's a fairly experienced guy, and his dad is pretty switched on. Um, mm. And I think, I mean, I've, I've had a couple of conversations with him just about, you know, 
continue in his development. And you know, he, he got into the to the Hearts team at a fairly young age, and uh, you know, he's still only 18. And people think, oh well, if he waits another couple of years to get into the first team, then that's okay, because some some young players start playing first team football at 20. But not when you've tasted it, not when you've been in that arena, not when you know how it feels to play in a game that really matters and uh, to play alongside men. Um, I think that if you if you come out of that environment for any period, a uh, lengthy period of time, then it will set it will set him back. What what type of kid is he, Craig? Men, mentally, is he is he? He's a, he's a very strong he's a very strong boy. He, He's, um, I don't mean to be disparaging anyway, but he's he's bright enough not to say too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, he's very quiet. Um, so he's different uh, from all the young ones nowadays. He likes um, he likes saying a few things. Do they know? No, <laughs> he's a very quiet lad. Eh? I mean, I, I, you get a good morning out of him if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he, he just. You know, from the moment he came in, we, we got him from. He was with Hearts as a kid, and then went to Celtic, and he came back again. From the moment he came in, uh, well, I think one of the things was Andy Kirk switched him from playing in midfield to left back, and he and he kind of flourished and managed to, you know, force his way into the team in that position. And I don't think he would have done that in the central midfield area. Um, so that maybe is one little break for him that 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 went his way. Um, and and since he's been in the team, any challenge that's been you know, put in front of him, he's managed to, to cope with it fairly well. And I, I just think he's a very sensible, level-headed kid. If we move to the other end of a player's career, am I right in saying, Craig, that as Scotland manager, you tried to get a certain Mr Ferguson back into the international squad? Yeah, well, I don't know if I told him this, but I, I couldn't handle both him and, and uh, Alan, so... Once Alan said he was coming back, I gave up on Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to deal with the two of them. That would have been a major challenge. <laughs> no, listen, I was desperate to get him back in, but I, I think he felt quite strongly about uh, what happened and um, and didn't want to go back on his decision. So, I mean, and, and as a manager, you've got to respect that. Um, the last thing you want to be doing is just twisting people's arms up their back to try and get them to, to come and play. So, you know, I, I, I accepted that. That that was a really tough tough spell, but but it it must be a, a spell of your career as well. It gives you massive pride because every football manager who has Scottish blood running through their veins wants to be the national team manager. I mean, you you must look back with a great deal of pride at having done that job. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it was a it was a big upheaval, upheaval for me when uh, I was at Dundee United. Things were going really really well. And then when you know when I got the call that Scotland are interested in, and uh, you know and they're going and becoming the, the national team manager, I did have to think about it because I was I was thoroughly enjoying my time at Dundee United, but it, it was such a strong pull that it was really difficult to to say no. And you know it was it was, it was quite tough at times, and 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 the, the actual job itself it wasn't quite as fulfilling as. You know, as a as a manager's job at a club, where you, you know, it was it was almost foot to the floor, day in day out. There was these periods of long periods of inactivity, um, when you were sort of driving around to the training grounds to meet players and managers and and sort of just trying, you know, get good relationships. Um, but that that isn't, you know, that isn't what I like doing. I like being on the training ground and uh, and working with the players. So I found that quite. Difficult. Another part of the job quite difficult as well. 
but I mean, there's, there's no once you've done the job, it's um, no matter how it ends, there's always that that pride that you can look back and say, well, it's that's something. And, and and in every situation, I can honestly say I did what I thought was right. I did my best. Um, maybe best wasn't good enough, but well, um, you you, jo- you join a club in that regard, don't you? I mean, so many have tried and failed since the ni- the late nineties to qualify for a major finals. Do you think it will happen this time, Craig? Can you see? in those playoff matches that we can make it this time to, to Euro 2021? I would love to think so. Um, I mean, it's really difficult to give an educated, um, you know, answer to that on based on so many different things surrounding what's going on in the world just now. So we don't really know where, you know, where Scotland are, uh, where Israel are, where the Czech Republic are. In their preparation, and and they'll have players at different levels in different countries. You just don't know where everybody is, and in their in their kind of uh, preparedness for the for the for the matches. So it's going to be really bizarre yeah. right. know, to try and work out who who's favourites and you know in each of these matches. I'm going to try and pin you down here because um, I've got Barry Ferguson. He he's been frantic since the start of the show trying to scribble out his Scotland team for that game a week on a week on Friday, and he went he went really, he wouldn't didn't want to speak about anything else because he was putting all his thoughts into that. In all fairness, you said he had till the end of the show to come up with this. I don't know. No, I'm not asking for it now. But I'm asking the former national team manager. Um, what what he would do? Not not the whole. I'm not expecting <laughs> you to rhyme off the whole team, Craig. But what would you do defensively? Um. Uh, listen, uh, I know what I'd do for the Czech Republic game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you have and that's history. That's all you're getting. <laughs> Is it six up front? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. I like that oh, one. Yeah. I like but that I mean, a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the thing is, I think the problem that Scotland have got for, for this match is that up front, really, isn't it? Um, because... I don't know who. Maybe Ollie McBurney. Did, who did you scribble down up front, Barry? I I, I went a three-five-two. I think he he's got to try and get Tierney and Robertson, Craig, in the team two high-quality yeah. players. So I think that's probably the formation that maybe suit them. If I can take you back to my original question, Craig. So what would you do at the back then? What how would you accommodate Tierney and Robertson? Uh, um, I take it, Barry, you, you'd be. Playing Tierney as a left-sided centre-back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of makes sense. Um, but again, you know, the, the Premier League in England have been off for a while as well. So, I mean, when do they start back? I'm not sure about that. Are they be starting? Well, they certainly won't be starting back before the Mid- match, will they? Is it mid-September, yep. maybe? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've 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 been in sort of inactive for for a while. I know they've been training and such like as well, but. I mean that makes it quite difficult. So normally, you'd look around your, your squad and see who's been playing on a regular basis. That would be, you know, one of the first things you would do. And particularly who, of the players who play at the highest level, who's been playing on a regular basis and who's been playing well. You're avoiding this but, really well. Well, yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of it. There's a logical way of of kind of of kind of I would have approached that, which is that. But how yeah. do you do that? It makes and, sense because they don't have much time to train together before the match yeah, anyway, do you? tell you, you get, you, get, no. you get 10 days and out of that 10 days you get players turning up who maybe picked up a, a niggly injury mm. in the game at the weekend and a lot of the times, Craig, you don't get the full squad training together, do you? 
the, the training, I was so excited about my first training session when the, when the squad got together and then you, you realise what the boys have played, some of the boys have played the day before, you know, if you've mm-hmm. been up on a Monday and been down in England playing on a Sunday, uh, once they've played on Saturday, the clubs don't want to do an awful lot, so you've lost the day and then you're preparing for the game so you can't do an awful lot and then after the game you lose more days and having your, your whole squad together on the training ground um, happens very, very rarely in the 10 days that you have them together. So yeah, it's, it's trying to put pieces of a jigsaw together and, and work out what's the most important things to, to get done before the game comes round. If we, if, we get, if, we get, if we get you back on the show some other time, will you, will you give us your defence at that stage, possibly? <laughs> your case for the defence? Um, really, I'm just waffling here, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not really sure who I would... OK, uh, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good answer. But you, but you have come, you have come over with... If you said to me on the phone earlier on, would you do me a favour and have a look at the team and what you're doing for me, I would have done that. I just thought you were enacting an impulse type of person, but there we go. Um, but you have come away with the line of the night uh, on Prague, to be honest. So I think uh, <laughs> you're definitely going out at the top. Craig, good to talk to you. And uh, hopefully we do yeah, have a, a, a chat with you again. That's uh, Craig Levine Cheers, Craig. Thanks, on Craig. the Go Radio Football Show. Go. Thank you. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show. That's Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson in the studio. Uh, before the break, former Scotland manager Craig Levine, good to hear from him. And uh, later, we'll be talking to Celtic legend John Hartson on the night Celtic get back to European business. And also to a young man named in the Scotland squad yesterday, Lawrence Shankland uh, of Dundee United. We'll be talking to him later in the show as well. So lots to get through. And let's hear right now from John in Cumbernauld. Hi, John. Hi Rob, how's it going? Very well, how are you? Uh, not bad, not bad. I've got a question for, for Barry. It's probably been a question he's been asked a lot um, out, out off here. On the, the Kent Morello speculation, from your insight when you actually wanted to leave Blackburn to return to Rangers, how hard is it to focus on the current club you're at when you know there's outside interest and you potentially want to leave? And then another question on that is, if you're in Tavernier's shoes, the captain of the club, how do you deal with Morelos and Kent? Do you even get involved at any level? I'll, I'll answer your 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 second question. Um, in terms of, uh, if I'm the captain at the club just now, and there's obviously a lot of transfer speculation about Morelos and and Kent. Yes, I would probably. That it's the manager's job first and foremost, but it's also the captain's job to maybe put an arm round about them, ask them how they're feeling, what's their um, what's their feelings in terms of do they want to stay, do they want to go, but. While there is interest or speculation, you've got to remain as professional as possible. You've got to make sure you train the way that you want to play on a Saturday and you've got to make sure that you always give 100% in that training session because you're training with your teammates. You're, um, you've got not just 50,000 fans. It would be at a game. I know there's no fans just now, but you've got hundreds of thousands of fans throughout the world. So you've got to remain as professional as, as possible and that's something that... I'd probably think Morelos has maybe let himself down. Certainly we, we're getting dropped at the weekend. The manager has put the foot down and said, listen, I'm not accepting this. There's got to be people with attitudes that are 100% and 100% focused. So that's probably the way I would deal with being a captain of a couple of my teammates were um, in the, the back end of speculation. Where do you think we're at, John, with those two? Uh, can we assume that Morelos is on the way out and that Ryan Kent wants to stay. I mean, is that is that where we're at at the moment? 
I mean, that is speculation. I've honestly no idea. That seems to be what what you see, but you're only really relying on what you what you're reading. But that was that was kind of what I was uh, kind of well, alluding to with Barry was can you can you tell can you sense when a player has maybe turned off? Yeah, certainly you can you can sense because you know what what capabilities and and what level they've they've trained and played at before. Um, I wouldn't say watching the game at the weekend watching Kent. I mean, there was obviously. Rumours going about last week about Leeds been interested. I thought his attitude was first class. Again, he was one of the top performers in the team. But the week before, obviously, Morelos is... I don't know what's that, Rob? 46 weeks that speculation's been going on. Yeah. I've I seen it at Livingston. He took a bit of a strop when he came off the pitch. And obviously, he's, he's not trained at the levels that's expected at a club like Rangers. So the managers had no option but to leave him out, which I think is good management. Because as I said on Monday night... He's telling other players, listen, if your attitude's no bang on here, you won't be uh, you won't be involved. Yeah, and the sort of things that Stephen Gerrard said about Morellas after the match in terms of why he wasn't involved, I mean, those sound like the things managers say when players are about to hit the exit door. Yeah, it looks to me if he's on the way out. I, I just think it's a, a matter of time. I think the Kent situation's a bit different, Rob. I, I think, I mean, I've spoke a, a few times on the show about him. I think he's somebody that Rangers need to really try and keep this year. A bit disappointed in his performance last year, um, but he's come back and he's shown that he's got that bit between his teeth and he, he's a real match winner for Rangers. I mean, there are two sides to that story, aren't there? I mean, we're hearing that Ryan Kent wants to stay, mm. but also that Leeds put a bid in. It was reckoned to be around about £10 million. There were thoughts that they were coming in with a, a higher bid of maybe £14 million. Pounds. So so there's Ryan Kent and there's Rangers at that point making a decision. But you would imagine the Rangers' decision has to be we need him for the season. Yeah, At least. I mean, 100%. I, I, th- I think you've got, to, you've got to keep him. It's such an important season and he's such an important player. As we've already seen from the, the first five games of the season, um, he certainly looked that player that's going to deliver that bit of magic, certainly in the, the final third. Um, and in terms of Morelos, look, I've been a, a really big fan of him. I think when he's fit and firing, he is a very good striker, but it just looks to me, Rob, his head's elsewhere. And it's better for all parties that something happens sooner rather than later. And Rangers and, and Morelos as well can move on. John, hopefully that's uh, helped to answer your questions, although the real answers will be forthcoming, I guess, in the days and weeks ahead. But uh, thanks for getting in touch with us, John. Uh, Cheers. Cheers, John. Cheers, John. From John in Cumbernauld to Chris in Wishaw, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Very well. How are you? Uh, Not a great phone line, though. Are you still there? Chris has vanished. Let's see. Oh, I think he's just cutting out. Let's a see, bit. see if we can. Get, we'll, we'll leave that just now, and we'll maybe see if we can get Chris on a, a better phone line. I want to ask you, um, Barry, about um, another transfer story that is ongoing that's been running for a while. I think this one probably will come to an end quite sharpish, but it's David Turnbull and uh, that long-awaited move from Motherwell to Celtic, which was put off when he underwent. Uh, surgery um, but he's now fit and fighting again for Motherwell and Celtic uh, seems set to get that deal done again Uh, Stephen Robinson the Motherwell manager was asked today about the latest on the possible Turnbull transfer 
I have no idea. I have no idea where we're at at this moment in time. So, unfortunately, I can't help you. So you can ask as many questions as in many ways possible. You'll try. I have no idea. I've literally just walked in the door from training. Okay, so here's another question then. Will he be involved when Motherwell play that Europa League qualifier tomorrow night? Um, I'm not sure at this stage. As I say, um, I'll, I'll see when, when I go to this press conference. He's uh, putting up a pretty staunch uh, defensive block there, uh, Stephen Robinson, on the on the Turnbull story. But I'm pretty sure we've got a fair idea about where that one's going, Barry. Yeah, I think he's going to be a, a Celtic player in the, the next 24 or 48 hours, Rob. Uh, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. You, you know what I think him? I think he's got potential um, to be a top, top player. I've seen him plenty of times. Um, really... Good attitude, but technically very good. I heard Craig's on on the radio last night when I was in the way to training. It was interesting to see that he was saying if he goes to Celtic, they'll be surprised how good he really yeah. is when yeah, you see was. him when, yeah. when you see him close up. Um, and I'm not surprised. I've I've spoke to a few people um, about him, and and they says that listen, this 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 boy can can go to the top. So I think you'll see it happen in the, the next twenty uh, twenty four forty eight hours. Um, and again, I honestly believe that he's good enough to force his way into that Celtic team if it does happen. Let's get back to Chris in Wishaw. Hi, Chris. Hopefully we've got a better line this time around. Uh, well, I take number two. <laughs> yeah, That's Wishaw for you. <laughs> yeah, well, oh. is, that, is that a problem in Wishaw? Um, what would you like to say? It's just a, a Celtic, if we don't win, we don't deserve to be in the Champions League, to have a crack at the likes of Barca and all the big teams. And we should just be a thank for the start, I think. Go for it tonight would be your your message and uh, Celtic should be getting through this one, which, well, at this stage of the competition, yes, you'd have to agree with that, Barry, they should. Yeah, but it's a one-off game, Rob. And I, I think Celtic will, will come out the traps pretty quick. I think, um, look, they're definitely, as I said earlier on in the, the programme, they're a, they're a step up for Reykjavik. Um, but I still think Celtic will have far too much quality. Um, at the end of the day uh, and for me I agree with him clubs like Celtic they need to be in the group stages of, of the Champions League Do you see this uh, being fairly straightforward then Chris tonight? Well no it's, I think it is a bit of a tricky one especially being one legs but I mm, don't know we just, just need to hope, hope for a win and hope we play well in the night but aye, if, if we don't get by this then uh, as I say we don't, we don't deserve to be there there can't be any complaints there was some talk um, earlier in the show with our uh, correspondent on from Budapest giving us the lowdown on Ferenc Varos and and he was uh, he was asking me <laughs> whether I thought Odson Edouard was going to play tonight. I think I think he is going to play tonight. The the message I think from Neil Lennon yesterday, Barry seemed to be that yes he'd a he'd a thigh issue, but uh, he would play and he's key because Celtic will want to be at their best tonight and just get the job done. Yeah, he's a their main player. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, Celtic without Edward. They'll still be a good team, but they'll not be as good with Edward in the team. I, I've said it plenty, uh, plenty of occasions. I believe he has a potential um, to go down and play in the top four in England. Um, so, if he's in the team tonight, he'll give his usual performance and 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 be the the leader in that that main player for Celtic. Where do you stand, Chris, on the? Um, the tie, title number 10 and Europe how how do you put those together is it very much uh, get the title and that's the top priority at the expense of everything else or is Europe important to you? Mm, Europe is 
Tenor was more important to me, but I, I, I gathered Europe and more important to the board. Yeah. Um, but no, ten, ten in a row, I think all the fans would agree that that's, that's number one priority this year, doesn't matter what happens in Europe. Yeah, I mean, some people are torn about it, um, but... Um, but as as for tonight, well, there, there, there's going to be no confusion in anyone's head tonight. Neil Lennon will be telling everyone about that. You can forget 10 in a row tonight because tonight's all about Europe. Yeah, the, the, that'll be the message. And, and Rob, they've got three rest days after this game tonight. Um, so I, I think Celtic, as I said um, before, will come out the traps. I think they'll, they'll be too strong for uh, the Hungarian champions. A decent team. Listen, it's not going to be a walkover. There's no doubt in my mind about that, but Celtic will be too strong. And we'll be talking soon to the man who scored. Thanks, Chris, for your yeah. call. Thank Cheers, you. We'll be talking soon to the man who scored more than 100 goals in his time at Celtic. He definitely earned himself legendary status. John Hartson coming up on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Uh, we've had 60 minutes of football chat already another hour to come the Go Radio Football Show Rob McLean Ali Defoy and Barry Ferguson in the studio later on we'll be speaking to Scotland call-up well he scored for his country already Lauren Shankland will be with us some breaking news tonight Martin Boyle of Hibs has just signed an extension to his contract he's now a Hibs player till 2023 that will end a few rumours you would imagine uh, he's come back after injury in fantastic form and he's been linked uh, with some of the Big clubs, uh, but he is staying at Hibs. That is the story. Meantime, on the night that Celtic will kick off their European campaign uh, in the second qualifying round, I should say, having beaten Reykjavik by six goals to nil last week, it's Ferenc Varos at Celtic Park tonight. Let's talk to a serious Celtic legend now, John Hartson. Good evening, Rob. How are you, John? I'm very well, thanks mate, yourself? I would have thought this time on a Wednesday, five past six, you'll be on the decking with a gin and tonic in your hand, just reflecting on the day gone by, would I be close <laughs> to the mark? Gin and tonic? Well, I've got work to do mate, i got work to do. <laughs> so, what, about, um, what about the game tonight John, what are you thinking? Well it's another, it's another big game for Celtic, obviously you know how important uh, European football is for a club the size of Celtic. I think the fans love the European nights. Um, in recent years, you know, they've had to, they've had to um, accept the Europa League football, but, you know, we've had some brilliant nights here at Celtic and under the lights um, in the Champions League as well. So there's another two or three rounds to get through before we get to them stages. But I think um, Ferenc Varos, the Hungarian champions, who, who Celtic face tonight, they'll be a step up from Reykjavik, who got um, who got well and truly beaten last week, six 0 from Celtic. So tonight is a game that they'll have to they'll have to take seriously again to try and get to the third round uh, qualifier for the Champions League. So you know I'm expecting uh, Neil Lennon to pick a strong team. There is no second bites at the cherry, if you like. It has to it has to finish tonight. You know there's no two two legged no. affairs at this stage of the competition. So. Um, I'm expecting Celtic, as I said, to pick a strong team, but I, I think they're carrying one or two knocks. Um, you know, but I know, I know um, Neil, the manager, Lenny would. Uh, you know, this competition means an awful lot to him in European football, so he, he wouldn't wouldn't want to make too many changes. I would have thought. 
John and Sally here. Um, Neil, Hello. Hiya. Neil Lennon hiya. spoke about earlier um, Europe being second to the league this season and I've obviously mm. been a former player. Is this important to you or how important do you think Europe is? Well, you know what's at stake this year in the league. You know, there's a possibility of history. This 10 in a row is unprecedented. It's never been done before. You know, both teams have done nine and, uh, you know, you know what it's like in Glasgow with Celtic and Rangers. Both clubs have tremendous history. Celtic have got to a stage where they have they have done nine, and um, you know I think Rangers will do everything within their power, you know, to stop uh, to stop Celtic getting that ten. And of course, Steve Gerrard will be looking for his, you know, for his team to be as strong as they can, and obviously try and win a trophy, try and win a title themselves. And while doing that, stopping Celtic getting to that ten in a row, which. Uh, you know, which would be an incredible feat from 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 the green half of of uh, of the city. Um, so I can understand uh, Neil Lennon saying that mm. for this one particular season. As I mentioned earlier, European football is fantastic. You know, financially, uh, the crowds under the lights here at Celtic Park. Some of the some of the nights I had when I was fortunate to, enough to play in these big European games. You know, there's a wonderful atmosphere and financially as well. You know, it takes a club a long way into bringing players into the football club. You know, getting the big players, if you like, the big wages. So it opens up a lot, an awful lot of avenues if you can qualify for the, you know, the big prize and the big competition, which is the Champions League. But I can understand, in a strange type of way, why Neil would would say the league is more important because we we all know. I don't have to spell it out. I think every Celtic fan knows, and also the Rangers fans would know what's at stake this season. And it's, you know, it's um, it's just one heck of an opportunity uh, for either Rangers players to make themselves heroes and stop the ten, or for Celtic players to almost become immortal and uh, and do the ten because it's never been done before. Yeah, John, you, I mean, you you would never say that European football is unimportant, and the reputation no. of the of the club is obviously crucial. And you want to enhance uh, what happened last season; those two wins against uh, Lazio, for instance. Mm-hmm. But this is a special season, isn't it? This is a one-off. It's a one-off, Rob. And as I said, the club have worked to this stage from from Neil Lennon's point of view. He was a he was uh, he was the manager when when the, when the when the nine in a row started. The Ronnie Dyler days, the Brendan Rodgers successful days, and now Neil is here, hopefully to to top it off. And and you know it's vitally um, important for the supporters. The pressure is on. Um, you know Celtic are uh, they have to hold on to their best players, the likes of McGregor and in particular Edward, and Rangers particularly. You know they've they've got um, the likes of Morales at the minute. But nobody knows what's happening. It looks like he very much wants out. And I would share that in terms of what the club, looking at Stevie Gerrard's comments at the weekend, I think they've had a guts full of him. I think they've had enough of his attitude and his petulance. And, you know, I think if somebody was to come in with the right uh, type of money, what Rangers are looking for, I, I think you'd see it, uh, you'd see Morelos heading towards the exit door. That is my view. Uh, there are going to be bids for, for Edward from the Vultures down south who've got all the money in the world. You know, the, the clubs down there who, who quite fancy, you know, throwing in a 30, 35 million pound bid in and testing testing Celtic's resolve. Uh, we know how important Edward will be to the team and what he brings. So it's an interesting season, Rob. We know there's lots of talking points and 
both teams have started very well. Rangers have started well. Both teams have had a have had a draw. Celtic stumbled at Kilmarnock. Rangers stumbled at Livingston. So it's still very early in the season. I don't think generally that the table starts taking shape till about Christmas anyway. Although, you know, you don't you don't want to let either team go too far ahead of you. You know, John, it's Barry. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Barry. It's not too bad, mate. Yourself? I'm good, thanks. Good. Good seen, man. Good. Good. Seen your wee ding dong with Gordon Strachan last week. <laughs> Enjoyed it. And with you, I think he's a number nine. Um, how important? Oh, thanks, mate. How important is it for Celtic to keep Edward? Well, you know, I mean, for uh, me, for me, yeah. he could easily. I think you would agree with me here. He could play mm-hmm. top four in England easily. Well, he's got a bit of everything, Barry. I think when you when you're speaking about, you know, players that have come up and played here, up in Scotland and and. Uh, you know they they just show their quality and you know he's he can he can finish he can he can take players on um, he can head it he makes great runs he's got wonderful feet you know he's head and shoulders at times you know the league sometimes has been too easy for him you know it's looked and you know yourself down south even if it's not that's a great compliment of yourself to to pay towards Edward but even if it's not a, a top four. Barry, a lot of the clubs down south now, even the likes of Newcastle's and the Southamptons and the Burnleys, these guys can go and spend thirty, forty million pounds yeah, on a player. You know that that wouldn't be a problem to them because of the TV money down south and the Premier League, and what what the clubs get for that TV money. You know, so it, it hasn't got to be one of the big four. Although I agree, I think he could he could play for one of the big four. It's, it's the big six now, isn't it? You know, so um, but no, he's absolute quality, and it's. It's imperative that that Celtic, you know, hold on to his services. But you know what it's like, mate. You know what it's like. Um, Twenty-five million enticed Teeny to go. Um, there will be clubs that will test the resolve of Celtic, and you know, Dermot Desmond, Peter Lowe, and Neil Lennon. We all want Edward to stay. Everybody wants him to stay because we realise how good he is and how important he is. But you know, money talks, and I just hope for one season. Um, that we can keep hold of him. You know, he's, he's absolutely imperative to hold on to him. I'm the opposite. I hope he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are, mate. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> John, what what did you think of Albion Ayeti uh, and his uh, his first Celtic goal at Tannadice? I mean, um, he, obviously he came from one of your old clubs, West Ham. Um, it was yeah. a real striker's goal, that one against Dundee United, wasn't it? And 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 he obviously, by the looks of him, he's going to offer something totally different to Odson Edouard. Yeah, well, he's not. I, I, I don't think um, he played 12 games, didn't he, in 18 months for West Ham. He scored 40 goals for Baal in the uh, Basel in the in the Swiss uh, top division. So he, he got a little bit of a record of scoring goals. He cost five million, uh, five million pounds from West Ham. I think he's still a bit short of match fitness in terms of his sharpness and, and minutes on the pitch. But it was a great substitution at the weekend because we, we dominated the game. Dundee United were were really gritty and defended strongly with you know, a lot of resolute about them. But uh, Celtic created 23 chances, Rob, and they just could not score. They just could not put the ball in the net. The Dundee goalkeeper, Seagrass, he stopped absolutely everything. Yeah, he was great, him. wasn't he? He was unbelievable, mate. But uh, And then Lenny decides to take Elianusi off and bring Ayeti on last 20 minutes. He gets himself in that six-yard box. He shivels quickly, swivels, sorry, on the ball. 
and he hits the target low and hard and he hits a defender and goes in the roof of the net. So right place, right time, great substitution. Celtic sort of win the game 1-0. And that'll do a Yeti the world of confidence. It's always good, you know, as a striker to join the club and to get your first goal. You know, that gives you a little bit of a lift, gets the fans on side. So, no, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't say how good he's going to be, how good he's going to turn out. Rob, I've not seen enough of him. But a good start. But, um, he's, made a, he's made a good start, yeah. maybe, yes. But I was Barry was talking earlier before we before we started the show about those days uh, when you squared up to each other in Rangers and and Celtic I never games. Never up to each other. No, 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 no. <laughs> big not, me. No, you, you did keep a bit twenty five <laughs> yards away. But you, you were talking uh, really you were talking Barry about that amazing strike force yeah. that, that Celtic had. Listen, I think John will agree. The the late nineties, early two thousands, both teams were, were fully yeah. quality, and certainly the leading up to the old fun games. We used to, obviously, there was John, there was Larson, and there was Sutton. So, I mean, I'm talking mm-hmm. the top quality strikers. And John will probably... What about the back... styles? What about the, You were talking about well, the different were, styles of the two teams at that stage. Yeah, they were pretty much... We, we were more... Uh, I don't know if John will agree. We were more a, a, a kind of technical side, get the ball down, and a lot more passing. And Celtic, mm-hmm. listen, they could play the game. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But they were a bit more direct in us. Would you agree, John? Yeah, well, what what I would agree with you was the, we, you know, we were we were up against a real quality Rangers team, and you know, when when you beat Rangers or vice versa, when Rangers did beat Celtic, you know, you'd have to work for your win, and you'd have to really be at at your best. And I mean, not just you couldn't carry anybody; you had to do it all over the pitch. Um, you know, your forwards had to play well, your midfielders had to win the middle of the pitch, the battle. There was always talk about Lenny up against Barry and. Some great, some great battles. I was up against the likes of Craig Moore and Amoruso, and they had a wonderful goalkeeper in uh, Stefan Kloss. Um, you know, two good strikers, Avaladzi and Purcell, and obviously uh, Ronald Moore. Um, so when you won the game, you know they made you earn it, and we had some great cup finals, and we had some brilliant wins, some horrible defeats, and you know those games are literally for the supporters. That's what they're for. You are playing for your support, really. You know, the bragging rights and, you know, just to get one up on each other. Sometimes we play each other five or six times, but it didn't matter because every game was as important as the last one, you know. Um, but no, they were they were great times. And, you know, as I said, it's, it's, it's the games and the goals. And, you know, they are the ones that I tend to remember because, you know, when you do well against Rangers, you know, they are the games that you really endear yourself to the crowd. You know, and um, I managed to score a couple of goals, and they were great games. You know, Alec McLeish, Dick Advocat, these guys. But I'll let you into a little uh, something. That I, I was with Alec McLeish about two years after they'd failed the medical at, at Rangers under Dick Advocat, and I was having a couple of beers with Alec somewhere in the town. I think it might have been, you know, one of the pubs on Ashton Lane or something. It was a Sunday, a day off, and and Alec McLeish said, he said, "Big man," he said, "Let me tell you something." If I'd have been managers, if I'd have been the manager of Rangers that day, you came for your medical. He said there is no way I would have left you Levi Brox without signing that deal, and he meant it. Alec McLeish said he meant it because with medicals, I think you can be cautious, you can be overly cautious. I failed the medical on a bad knee, and you did okay I mean, after that, didn't you? <laughs> well, I ended up playing 220 games for Celtic, scored 110 goals, nine against Rangers. And I never put a packet of ice on my knee. <laughs> so, you know, that, there you go. But um, 
some managers, you know, they'll 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 put the medical through. Um, and I think if you're overcautious with too many players, you know, you'd probably never sign anybody because everybody's got something wrong with their knee or their ankle or their back. Um, but for me, as I said, I failed the medical. And I went on and um, I went to play for another magnificent club in Celtic. I never looked back after that, you know. Was it only a few beers you had? Or more than a few? <laughs> oh, a couple of, maybe a couple of bottles of wine, maybe. <laughs> just forget that John, part. just a quick one. Have you ever thought of getting into coaching? I've seen um, a year or so ago you were, you'd done a wee bit in at Livingston. Yeah, I, I went in really because David Hopkins, a good friend of mine, and I knew David from down south. I played against a great guy. Lovely man, mm-hmm. good as well, Barry. Very good on the training ground. Good yep. coach, as a respect of the players, uh, sets his teams up very well. Aggressive, um, and David. I had a chat with David, and he said, "Look, I'm living out in Edinburgh. Our closest club to where I'm living is actually Livingston." And uh, he said, uh, "Would you, you know? Would you mind coming in a couple of days a week?" He said, "I've got some good young strikers, John." He said, "They just need a bit of help." And I went in, and I was going in three or four days a week, and I really enjoyed it. And we signed Ryan Hardy from Rangers, who was outstanding for us. And we brought in Lee Miller, uh, who came from Falkirk, and we, mm-hmm. we partnered them two up. And honest to God, Baz, we, we climbed the league. Your strikers generally, as you know, now management, your strikers will take you up the league. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got willing runners in behind, and Lee Miller was a great ladder on the dress, you know, I'm a fantastic pro could hang in the air and I, I would just get a bag of balls and um, a couple of midfielders and a goalkeeper and i take some discs and balls and i just do repetition with them, getting hit in the Simple corners. Simple stuff. Just working together yep. as, as, you know, as a pair, timing their runs into the box, don't be in too early, make sure you arrive when the balls, all, all these things, just general things that I picked up over the years. And I enjoyed it and I was enjoying it and then David went to, uh, to Bradford. He had an opportunity to go down to the, I think it was the Championship or maybe League One. And um, he, he moved on. And then Kenny Miller came in to uh, to Livingston. And Kenny, naturally, they want to bring in their own people and their own staff. And I just came away from it. So I had a stint with Wales as an assistant manager to Chris Coleman. But I've always, I've been lucky, Barry. I've always had an opportunity with the media. And one or two jobs that I've gone for, I've not got any luck, if you like. They've always gone for somebody who's been in a job, not maybe done so well, but gone for that person because they've had that experience at a club. Um, but I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about it, but I'm, I'm 45 now. I'm working with Sky, I'm working with Celtic TV, I do a lot of radio, bits and bobs, columns. You're on you know, Go Radio. For the media for now, you know. Go Radio is your current favourite, obviously. Um, John, John, because well, that's because you were on there. <laughs> exactly. Wrong, I know. I know. Big European night tonight. What What was your best ever? What's your most uh, pleasing European goal? I'm going to have a stab at Anfield. Well, yes, because I supported Liverpool as a as a kid as well. Ian Rush was my hero growing up in Wales. Um, Rushy was the all time. Uh, Record goal scorer for Wales. Obviously, Gareth Bale have broken that recently. But Rush and Daglish, obviously, growing up in Wales. Rush being a Welshman, um, I just wanted to be him. I just wanted to follow him. And obviously, that's when my liking for Liverpool came. So, when we drew 1-1 at Celtic Park, we had to go back to Anfield on a Thursday night. And, and as you know, Barry and um, and Rob, they are, they are difficult to beat at home. They've got six European Cups. Liverpool under the lights at Anfield are just a phenomenal 
you know, it's a ridiculously hard game. You know, look what they did to Barcelona. They had to win 4-0 and they won 4-0, you know, a couple of seasons ago, or maybe last season. Um, and we had to go there and we had to score because Liverpool got the 1-1 at Celtic Park. Heskey, Henry got our goal. And it's a Thursday night. They've got the away goal and we go there and we win 2-0. And I scored a great goal, probably one of the best strikes I've hit in my life. 2-0 in about the 70th minute. I'd normally been... I'd normally been brought off by then, by the way, by Martin normally. <laughs> um, but it made it 2-0. It killed the game. And it was the quarterfinal of the of the UEFA Cup. It put us into the semi-final. And that was probably my moment of my life, really, playing yeah. against a team that I'd supported as a kid. I'd smashed in a 30-yarder. I'd run to the Celtic fans. And I had many great moments in the Celtic shirt, but... You know, you'd really have to go some to, to top that one from, from me, from a personal point of view, you know. So yeah, I'd have to say the Liverpool goal at Anfield, yeah. That was a special one for me. Sure was, John, something special. Good to have you on the show tonight. Really nice to talk to you. Okay, and no problem. Come on, John. Cheers. Thanks, John. Uh, hopefully Cheers, talk. Barry. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. All the best. Cheers. Nice to hear you. John Hartson, the Celtic legend on the night. Celtic are back uh, to European business against Ferenc Varos. This is the Go Radio Football Show. The Bull Radio Football Show. That was great to hear from John Hartson before the break on the Go Radio Football Show. We could uh, speak to him uh, all night long. Craig Levine earlier on as well. Lovely line about Prague from him, if you were listening. And the legendary 4-6-0 formation. Um, Self-deprecating, he certainly was. Uh, it was good to speak to him. But actually, speaking off, off air, before we come on, Rob, Saying, will we ask him that question? <laughs> I know, I know. Thankfully, he brought it up himself. Uh, much to our relief, it's Celtic against Ferenc Varos tonight in the Champions League qualifiers, and of course tomorrow night Europa League qualifiers: Aberdeen against Runovic at Pataudry, and Motherwell play Glentoran at Fir Park. Uh, some great guests tonight. We've had Craig Levine, we've had John Hartson. And now we're going to speak to a young man who was named in the Scotland squad yesterday for those upcoming uh, qualifiers against Israel and the Czech Republic. The first of them is a week on Friday. Lawrence Shanklin. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How's yourself? Yeah, good, thanks. How's your How's your fitness? Uh, it's good. Um, obviously, a bit frustrated. But in the last few days, I've been back running starting to feel back to normal again so getting there slowly and presumably Stevie Clark was in touch just to check how you were uh, before naming you in the squad just to know that you would be ready in time yeah he was we were um, updating them for the last week or so so it's just been gradually getting better over the days so um, time's a healer as they say yeah is he a good communicator does he does he keep in touch and you know what's going on he's not been speaking to myself um, he was speaking to the manager um, they were communicating and passing on everything they needed to know. So, thankfully, my family to get into it. And fingers crossed, everything going well as it is, and it'll be, it'll be fine. Must be great to feel that you're a part of that Scotland squad now. Definitely, it's always great to to be a part of it and to get the chance to do it. Last year, they gave you a taste of it, and it's something obviously you want more of, and you get it. So, it's great once again to, to get an all call it. Lawrence, is Barry here? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, you've you've obviously scored goals all your all your career. Are you confident you can do it in the Premier League? Um, obviously, um, had a wee shot when I was younger and had to kind of get in the levels and work my way back up. Mm. And it's been a long time coming getting that opportunity to play again. Um, 
no an ideal start getting every injury, but it's just one of the things that happens and I'm just looking forward to, to getting back and getting the opportunity to play and I'm sure I will score goals. I was just looking, Barry, at that, the pathway, what you're talking about there because, Lawrence, you started at Queen's Park, then you were at Aberdeen, of course, um, spells at Dunfermline, St Mirren, Morton. Air United was a was an important time in your football career, wasn't it, in terms of um, putting things in the right direction? It was. I also I found myself out of the game for a few months after I left Aberdeen and for me and Elba looking for a striker so got myself in there for a few days training and managed to get myself sound and thankfully I've not really looked back for then so onwards and upwards and hope that continues Rob it's great to see somebody like Lawrence do that it's easy for them when what was it you said you were a couple of months Lawrence without a club when you left Aberdeen uh, I left him in May and then for September so it's it easy for it's easy for these young boys to go out the game, but he's obviously went down a few levels, worked hard, and he scored goals at, at League One, went into the Championship with Air United, scored another barrel load, got his move to Dundee United, scored a great number of goals last season, and if he continues this, I wouldn't be surprised if big clubs come chasing him. Lawrence, it's Ali here. What's been your favourite goal of your career so far? Obviously, there's still plenty more to come, but so far... Um, it's, it's probably got to be my, my Scotland one, although it was probably one of the worst goals I've ever seen. Just to score for your country is obviously something. It's a bit of a dream you always grow up wanting to do that, and it was good to have all my family there to see that as well. So definitely that. Pretty amazing to get off and running so quickly as well at international level because some some players, some strikers, uh, go through a, a long spell before getting an international goal. So t- to get one under your belt early on um, it must be great for your confidence. Yes, um, on that night, right enough, I had a couple of chances early doors and goal made a great save, and I've had over at the back of my own player. So I was thinking it could have been one of the nights, but um, thankfully enough, I was in, in the right place at the right time to get one and. Hopefully more to come. It would be easy to be overawed um, getting into the Scotland set-up. Um, but how d- how did you find it? How did you adapt? Obviously, I was quite nerve-wracking getting in at first. Um, the first day, you're a bit nervous getting into training and that because you're not sure the level of the players that you're going to play with. You know, they'll play for top clubs. So it was it was a wee bit nerve-wracking. But once I was in and got a touch of the ball in the boxes and that, I knew I was having a half-decent day. So... I managed to just carry that on through the session and then after that it got a bit easier because you were used to who you were playing with. It's interesting to hear the, the pathway you've taken, that, that great opportunity early on at Aberdeen and, and you've had to work back up the ladder again having come off it for a, a short spell and, and, and your story I guess will be really inspiring to lots of youngsters listening to this who are charting a, a football career of their own. Were there times when you left Aberdeen when you got down and you thought maybe I'm going to have to get another job and maybe football, full-time football's not for me? Definitely, there was, there was times where you obviously got a bit fed up. It was driving on and you were going for trials and it just seemed like rejection after rejection at that time. But um, something in me was dragging me to the park to train myself and thankfully enough I did do it for long enough and kept myself fit that when I got the opportunity to go full-time again, I was ready for it. So it was just important to keep myself going. Lawrence, where do you think you got that work rate from to go out and train in the park yourself? Is that a family member or a footballer you've looked up to? No, it was just myself because I knew that was deep down what I wanted to do. That was the career I wanted, but um, probably part of my time at Aberdeen, I thought I was working hard, but I probably wasn't working hard enough. So 
the penny probably dropped when I got released and I didn't have it for such a long time that I knew I had to really work hard to get myself back in and the next opportunity I got I was going to take. Has fitness been a big thing for you, improving your, your fitness? I mean your your body shape seems to have changed quite quite dramatically. Is that is that is that one big reason why you've become the player you are now? Definitely, yeah. I got a lot fitter to start with, but um as you said I'd probably carrying a bit much weight. Well I was carrying a bit much weight at that time and it was something I had to lose, but it was it was part and parcel growing up as well. You you move away from your home city and that and seeing yourself it can be difficult and that was probably just a learning curve for me that I had to experience and now nowadays I know what works for me and I've I've found what's what's best for me. Lawrence, how how are you enjoying I know you've been injured the past three or four mm. weeks. How are you enjoying been under Mickey up there? How's he been? It's been good. Um all the boys are enjoying it. The I've obviously been watching training that I train for a week and it's a really high tempo, got good demands and it just keeps the game pretty straightforward. Everybody knows their instructions when they go in the park and as I said, all the boys are enjoying it and the results haven't been too bad either, so all good. Yeah, it's been a great start to the season, hasn't it? I mean it takes a little bit of pressure off when you're new arrivals in the premiership and you get a few points on the board early on. It does, I. Um, obviously, we were probably a bit disappointed the first game and St Johnson getting out of 10 men so early to end up doing that game. There's, there's a wee disappointment there, but um, kicked on after that. The boys done great at Motherwell away, Ross County away, difficult places to go and win, and they've picked three points up there. And It wasn't too bad a performance against Celtic at the weekend as well, so everything's looking good, and I'm just looking forward to getting back and being a part of it. It was quite impressive, wasn't it? Even in defeat, that late goal for for uh, Albion Ayeti for for Celtic at Tannadice, Barry. But Dundee United looked mighty well organised, didn't they? They they do, as I says. I, I know Mickey pretty well, and I have seen the jobs that he, he done uh, down down south in England. And what I like about him, he's kept most of the squad that got them promoted out the the championship or won the league in the championship last year. It's great to see him given so many of them the opportunity to go and play in the Premier League and I watched him a number of times when Lawrence will, will tell you when Lee McCullough was up there you know I'm, I'm good friends with him and I kept an eye on the results every week and and uh, I, I was impressed with him so it's great that Mickey's kept the nucleus of, of that team together to, to go and for me I, I think looking at them with the start they've had they've got to have ambitions of getting into that, that, that top six I know this year it's about staying in the Premier League but I think they're I think they're good enough once Lawrence gets back to fitness as well. He's been a, a massive player for them. I think they can get into that top six, Rob. Has it been frustrating for you, Lawrence, um, for Dundee United to be back in the Premiership and you haven't been able to be part of it so far or barely been part of it at least? Definitely. When you're, when you're five games in and you've only played one, it's obviously frustrating. But um, I've seen the baby want to play and I know that I, I can go in and fit in. So... Obviously, you can learn from watching as well, so that's what I've been trying to do. And as I said, I'm just busting to get back now and, and get myself back in the team and hopefully bring goals to the team. Lawrence, um, I've heard from Barry that he presented you with your League One Player of the Year award. Did something happen there, or was it just? It was a, a bit worse for me. <laughs> oh, right. just, uh... just, just Lawrence or you as well? Both is. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we won the league on the last day we were um, last game of the season, so. Obviously, we went out after that, and it was quite a lengthy night. So, um, could they speak when you come up? <laughs> I managed to lo- I managed to lose my voice somewhere in there, so <laughs> I couldn't find it by the time I got to the awards night, and had a wee bit of squeaky voice on the stage, but. Um, <laughs> It saved me talking if they were just laughing at me. Well, we've actually got that audio here. No, I'm joking. 
how, how big an influence how big an influence during that spell um, not not that night out but during your time at air was Ian McCall for you it was huge um, obviously he gave me the opportunity to stay full, in full time football and, and that was massive for me but for the day I went in he just seemed to, to bring belief to myself and he showed he had belief in me and he flung me in in the first week I hadn't played in a while and he, he got me right in the team and I managed to get a goal on my debut and then from then on he just filled me with confidence and just made me feel like I was a good player again and at that time it was probably something that I majorly needed and, and I really did thrive when managing me like that One of the great things about uh, Dundee United and, and I agree with Barry from what I've seen so far this season um, I just can't I just don't see Dundee United being anywhere near uh, the relegation issue at all and any danger of going back down um, the, the number of young players um, who've been blooded into the team and um, even when one youngster goes off, Mickey Mellon takes a, puts another one on. I mean, um, there, there looks to be a lot of talent coming through from from the academy, Lawrence. Definitely, all the all the boys that are, that are coming out of the team now were in about the first team last year, and they were training ways and obviously doing well. But when a team's going so well, it's tough for them to get in. And um, they know well, but we've got quite a tight squad to be honest, and the numbers are maybe short if they pick up a couple of injuries, but. It's good knowing that the likes of Lewis Nielsen, Morgan Chalmers, Kieran Freeman, they've come in in the last few weeks and knowing that they're going to come in the team and as first team players, all the boys trust them and know they can be a part of it and it's really good to have that and hopefully we'll see more of them throughout the season. And Luke Bolton, who's on loan from Man City, obviously he looks a bit of a flying machine. He is, aye. Um, he's pretty quick, so I'm actually looking forward to just getting the ball away to him and hitting the box and hopefully he can find me, so um, that could be a good asset for me. Just a, a couple of thoughts on Scotland um, before you go. Um, good to see London Dykes uh, getting a big move down south to Queen's Park Rangers and good to see him committing himself to, to Scotland as well. Definitely. Obviously, he was, um, I think he was close to getting in the squad a few times last season. He had a good season at Levy and like myself, he was in the Championship at Queen's South and kind of worked his way up and he's done great there. And deservedly, he's got his move into QPR so um, that's obviously great for him and great to see him Scotland obviously had a, had a tough decision on his hands with that and he's obviously opted for us so it's, it can only be good for us Ollie McBurney in the squad uh, not everyone's cup of tea gets a lot of stick but uh, he's had some season with Sheffield United and obviously uh, he takes his place in the squad on merit in terms of the level he's he's been playing at and the, and the goals he's been scoring at the, at the highest level Yeah I think it's to say that the good players don't score goals in the English Premier League not mean you need to be a good player to score goals there so he has um, maybe been a wee bit unfortunate at times with Scotland and the type of games he's played in um, people do give him a wee bit of stick more, more than he deserves probably but um, I've trained with the guy I've seen him play I know he's a real top player and hopefully a wee change in luck and, and things will start going well for him now, Barry, I um, asked him right at the top of the show, Lawrence, to put together his uh, starting lineup for for the Scotland Israel game. I take it L Shankland is in that is in that starting well, lineup. Did you say if Lawrence was fit, the the ah, five previous games for Dundee United, he would be in, but he's been injured, so he'll start on the bench and come on. And he'll come on, and <laughs> come on and score. <laughs> How's that feel, Lawrence? That all right? Aye, that's perfect. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, I was wondering, out of everybody in that team, who do you want to share a room with? You have to bunk. Um, the last few times I've been on, I've been with the boy Devin Gallagher for for Motherwell, so um, we've got a wee bit of relationship going. So um, hopefully, back in with him, and it makes it easier than the awkward chats. <laughs> and who would you prefer not to bunk with? Um, 
Does someone snore? You know, someone might stay up all night and play computer games or Effie apparently used to do that. Marvin Bartley was saying that. Maybe there's someone who just doesn't sleep. It's too excited. Well, as I said, Dick's been alright with me, so I have no experience in Bells. Social distancing though at the moment <laughs> it's going to be whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah. Anyway, good luck, uh, Lawrence. I uh, hope things go well with you in Scotland duty and uh, and with Dundee United as well when you get back in. And uh, good to talk to you on the Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, too. Thanks for having right, me. On. Good luck, Ron. Cheers, Lawrence. Cheers. Cheers, Ali. All the best. And uh, news uh, just coming in of the Celtic lineup. Uh, that match is a seven forty-five kickoff, so kickoff just about an hour away. Uh, Celtic v Finnish Forest, Hungarian champions. Barkas in goals. Uh, Julian Taylor. I'm just looking for defenders. Chris Iyer is playing. Uh, El Hamed is in the team. So if we go, I'm going to go El Hamed, Julian, Ayer and Taylor, Brown and McGregor. Christie plays, Forrest plays, El Yunusi plays and Olivier Incham is in the team as well. So no Odson Edouard uh, in the lineup, and no really recognised out-and-out striker body either. Yeah, he's obviously got an injury or he would be playing, Rob. There's, there's no doubt in my mind, but... I mean, the players that you've just read out and the players that I'm looking through, there's still enough quality in that team to, to get the result. But listen, it's a it's a massive miss, um, as you know, I've spoke about. He's the main focal point in that team. But now it's it's time for somebody else to step up. OK, we'll talk more about Celtic against uh, Ferenc Varos and we'll talk more about Scotland as well and those upcoming games and we'll get the Barry Ferguson 11 as well. <laughs> it's all coming up on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. That's Ali Defoy, Rob McLean and Barry Ferguson and he's on me laugh. Wednesday's Go Radio Football <laughs> Show. What's he been doing? I don't know. He's trying to put me off when I was reading the travel. And it worked. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it certainly did. We've great guests tonight on the show. We've had Craig Levine, we've had John Hartson, and uh, you've just heard there from Lauren Shankland as well. Good to talk to him. And we've got that breaking news, of course, just before uh, the break there. The Celtic starting lineup tonight. It's an intriguing one. It's a very interesting selection by Neil Lennon with Albion Ayeti and Patrick Klimala, two. Strikers on the bench, but no central striker. Well, there will be one tonight, but no recognised central striker in that Celtic starting lineup. So it's Barkas in goal. It's Elhamed, Julian, Ayer, and Taylor, Brown and McGregor, Christie in front, uh, Forrest out wide, uh, El Yunusi uh, looks to be uh, through the middle. Olivier and Cham in the line. Where are you? Where are you playing Olivier and Cham, Barry? Probably um, just behind. Elian Nussi um, And is Christie in one of the wide positions then? Yeah I, I think he will We'll come off the, the The left or the right side Him and Forrest uh, Maybe switch about Every 10 or 15 minutes But I'm surprised Rob you've got two strikers I can understand A Yeti Just come up Maybe a bit short In terms of Fitness But what does that say? Does the manager trust Klamala? It tells me he doesn't yeah, it's strange, isn't it? He scored uh, against Hamilton, didn't he, in that 5-1 win on the opening weekend. Uh, just a cameo appearance. He didn't he didn't play for that long. It was a good finish. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, there'll be, I guess, depending how it all goes tonight, there'll be some interesting questions maybe coming Neil Lennon's way after the match in terms of that selection 
Um, the front four, <clears throat> effectively, I suppose, Christie and Cham, El Yanusi, Forrest, but no central striker. Two of them on the bench. On the bench, it's Bain, uh, Biton, Ayeti, Klimala, Soro, Frimpong, and Harper. Yeah, but listen, Neil Lennon will obviously get asked the question after the game, but he'll have his reasons. He'll have his reasons, Rob. He'll, he still wants to. There's no doubt in my mind he'll want to go out and try and win the game. But it is a surprise when you've you've got two out and out strikers on the bench. And if you look at that that Celtic team, um, there's no out and out striker in the starting eleven. But you would reckon there is enough yeah. there to get the job done tonight, and that's what it's all about: getting to the next qualifying hurdle um, of the Champions League. Yep, there's enough quality, no doubt in my mind, in, in that starting eleven. Um, but you always want to see that recognised number nine. Um, that's obviously not in that starting eleven, but I still think the quality that they've got in the team is enough to get them through. Good luck to Celtic tonight, the Champions League qualifiers. Uh, good luck to Aberdeen against the Faroese team Runovic uh, tomorrow night at Pataudry. And good luck as well to Motherwell at Fir Park against the Northern Irish team uh, Glentoran. Here's Stephen Robinson. There's no easy games. <laughs> There's no easy games. They're not a part-time team. They're, you know, they train as many days as us. They just do it a little bit differently. Um, as I said, there's been a lot of investment into it. They've, they've bought players back from England. Um, I think players now see it as a pathway to get back into England or Scotland again. So, listen, we will not underestimate Glentoran in any shape or form. We will give them the utmost respect. And, as I say, if we play to the capabilities I know we're, we're well capable of, then, you know, I'm, I'm confident. But I certainly won't be underestimating anybody. That could be a challenging one. Glentoran have pulled off some good results in these European qualifiers over the years uh, and they're facing a Motherwell team who have got big problems at the moment despite the talent they have in that squad. It's not producing results. It's certainly not producing goals. Yep, certainly the, the Motherwell will be low in confidence. Certainly with that squad, we spoke about it many a times on the on the show, Rob, the quality. Um, but they're not producing uh, in match days. And as the manager just mentioned, there has been a bit of money put into the... Irish football um, and Glentorn will be a tough one so they need to be they need to be bang on it to, to make sure they get into the next uh, qualifying round It's 11 minutes to 7 on the Go Radio Football Show let's hear from Martin who's a, a Rangers fan Hi Martin Hi how's it going? Good thanks how are you? Hi I'm alright What's on your mind? Uh, question for Barry is uh, it's back to Morelos thing. if Rangers were to get you know 15 or 20 million for Morelos what positions do you think they need to reinvest the money in, if any, or do you think the squad's now got a strength and depth to compete with Celtic? No, I still think there's there's room to, um, I've said plenty of times, obviously the manager's brought in the, the, the two, two new, sorry, forward um, players. I think if Morelos goes, he'll look to bring in probably another attacking midfielder and um, probably the other position um, where there's only one, I know young Nathan Patterson has come in when Tavernier's maybe come off in a game I still think maybe that's a position that they may look to try and get maybe a more experienced player in case Tavernier yeah. does get an injury but I do think we've got a lot of midfielders that are pretty similar if I'm being honest with you I would like to see somebody who's going to get be that one that's going to go beyond the, the main strikers and, and, and get you that 10 to 15 goals a season Would David Turnbull interest you Martin for Rangers if that had been a possibility it seems as if it's cut and dried that he goes to Celtic the the move that was originally mooted but had he been 
um, available would you would he have been a, the sort of midfielder who Barry's talking about maybe who would have given Rangers something they don't have Aye well, I think Rangers they need another another creative midfield player like Elixir Turnbull because well, what I've seen so far Hadji's not really looking up to it Spent a lot of money on Hadji but I think it was Aye Best, if I'm best, wrong. best part of five million, I think. It yeah, was. I, I don't think it as much as that. I three think and a half. Was it three and a half? half? Yeah, yeah, but it's still a lot of money, Rob. To especially up in Scottish football, there, there's not millions to throw about, and I still think that's a hefty fee to pay. That he's no, um, he's no shown the, the type of form that he did last season when he came in and loan. Um, he's somebody that I've been disappointed in. There's no doubt he's got ability, but he needs to show it. Um, more often for me but I would like to see Rangers go and get that different type of midfielder um, than what what they've got just now And when you're talking Martin about the Morelos money uh, have you written him off as a Rangers player is it just a matter of time before he moves on? Well if he's not if he's not interested in playing then he's as good as gone to me like. Yep I agree you, you don't need any distractions this season it's too big a season um, yeah. and if one player has shown that petted lip or bad attitude. You don't want him anywhere near the place. Martin, thanks for your call. Good of you yeah, to get in touch. Cheers. cheers, Martin. Thanks, Martin. On the Go Radio Football Show, we have just about five minutes or so left. And uh, that challenge that I set you, Barry, right at the top of the show, you were frantically scribbling. Now you're looking quite smug, actually, that you've got <laughs> the, 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 you've got that selection uh, scribbled bit, down in um, front of you. So how are Scotland going to line up against Israel a week on Friday? This is the Barry Ferguson lineup. A 3-5-2. Okay. I'll go for Marshall and goals. I'll go a back three of McKenna. And one that maybe surprise quite a few people, McTominay and Tierney. Two wing-backs, I'll go James Forrest and Andy Robertson. I'll go a midfield three of Callum McGregor, John McGinn and Christie. And I'll go two up top, McBurney and a debut for Lyndon Dykes. Mm. Right, I wish I'd uh, actually scribbled that down a bit quicker now. So who, who was your... Um... So two up, two up front. Who who's your right wing back? James Forrest. James Forrest, he's played that, it, which he can do, he which can he's do done no with, problem. With I, I just think, listen, Israel are they're not a great team. They're, they're a decent enough international team. We've got to, we've got players in there that we can go and hurt them with. Um, I've got to go for them, and I think if we do that, I think we would win the game. So that that that's the reason where I've went. I've went to three five two because I think you need to fit in Tierney and Robertson. I don't think Tierney would be, in terms of a back four, a left centre half, I think, in the three. He's played at Arsenal um, towards the end of the season. Uh, so I just think you've got to fit a way of playing these, the, those sorry, two players. For, in my eyes, they're two top players, Rob. McGinn, McGregor and Christie, that was your that was your sort of central three with obviously Christie the more attacking of, of the, of yeah, the three of them. Listen, John McGinn as well. I mean, I think, yeah. how many goals? Yeah. I think the last... That's right, he's in a great run of form scoring Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I always liked John McGinn. Um, but he's went down to, he's went down to the Premier League. Um, obviously get promoted for the Championship. And for me, he's just went up another level. He, he's been excellent. He's been excellent for Aston Villa. I know he got that injury and... In a, in a weird way, this COVID-19 has, has helped us get some important players back as well, Rob. Um, Tierney obviously had an injury, McGinn had an injury, McTominay. Um, but look, it's a good team, but there's also guys who would be 
be disappointed but you can only pick 11 and is that a team have you picked that team partly based on let's get our best players in there uh, you know I'm not just talking Tierney and Robertson and that that old uh, dilemma but Scott McTominay as well I mean he's he's a central midfield player with Manchester United you're playing in the, in the middle of a back three mm-hmm. I just think in time he, he could become um, a centre back I do I've watched him a, a number of times like, people might disagree but it's my my opinion I, I think in time he could flourish into being a, a centre half he's definitely got the physique and the, and the size um, the midfield three listen you can throw line, uh, Ryan Jack in there but he's not played he's not started a lot of games for, for Scotland Callum McGregor uh, John McGinn and, and Chris they certainly have and you've got if you've got McTominay at the back, you've got somebody who can really effectively start things off yep. from the back with with great passing because that that's what he does, and he mm-hmm. and he's been operating at such a high level with Man United. Yeah, he's listen. He's playing. He's playing with top players, and if that's the way that that Stevie Clark wants to play, he would obviously start the moves. Um, but it'll be interesting. That I'm really, really looking forward to the games. It'd be interesting to see how he sets up and and. The, the chat's been since the, the squad's been, been named is how do we fit both Kieran Tierney and, and Andy Robertson in and I think you've got to have a way playing to fit both of the players in for, as I said for me they're top players but they're serial winners as well um, Kieran Tierney obviously won massive amount of trophies with, with Celtic he's been down to Arsenal he's continued that with winning the FA Cup Andy Robertson Champions League winner and just Newly crowned Premier League winner, so you need to get the type of characters in the team. Who are your strikers again? Lyndon Dykes and who? You McBurney. forgot? You no, no, McBurney. <laughs> McBurney. I just think, I, I, do you know what? I, I, I think McBurney's got a, a lot of unjust criticism. I, I like him, I do. And I think playing up top with, with somebody like Dykes, I think he might flourish. Good chat as ever on the Go Radio Football Show. You're getting me excited about these Scotland games, Barry. What's your team? You, you well. never oh, gave us a team. No, I'll be leaving it to the leader of the time. Um, <laughs> Cop out. Before, uh, after all the call-offs. Uh. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show returns tomorrow night between 5 and 7. We'll talk to you then. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go.